Chapter Five of The Tale of Terror, a study of the Gothic Romance by Edith Burkhead. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Timothy Ferguson. Chapter Five: The Oriental Tale of Terror. Beckford. Beckford's History of the Caliph Vathek, which was written in French, was translated by the Reverend Samuel Henley, who had the temerity to publish the English version described as a translation from the arabic in 1786 before the original had appeared the french version was published in lausanne and in paris in 1787 an interest in oriental literature had been awakened early in the 18th century by gallen's epoch-making versions of the arabian nights 1704 to 1717 the turkish tales 1708 and the persian tales 1714 which were all translated into english during the reign of queen anne many of the pseudo translations of french authors such as guillet who compiled the chinese tales mogul tales tartarian tales and peruvian tales and jean paul bignon who presented the adventures of abdallah were quickly turned into english and the oriental story became so fashionable a form that didactic writers easily seized upon it as a disguise for moral or philosophical reflection the eastern background soon lost its glittering splendour and colour and became a faded tarnished tapestry across which shadowy figures with outlandish names and english manners and morals flit to and fro addison's vision of mirza seventeen eleven johnson's rasselas seventeen fifty nine and various essays in the rambler dr hawksworth's almoran and hammett seventeen sixty one longhorn's solomon and almina seventeen sixty two ridley's tales of the genii seventeen sixty four and mrs sheridan's history of nor jihad seventeen sixty seven were among the best and most popular of the anglo-oriental stories that strove to inculcate moral truths in their oppressive air of gravity beckford with his implacable hatred of bores could hardly have breathed one of the most amazing facts about his wild fantasy is that it was the creation of an english brain the idea of vathek was probably suggested to beckford by the witty oriental tales of count antony hamilton and of voltaire the character of the caliph who desired to know everything even the sciences which did not exist is sketched in the spirit of the french satirists who turned oriental extravagance into delightful mockery awed into reverence at the close by the sombre grandeur of his own conception of the halls of eblis Bickford cast off the flippant mood in which he had set out, and rose to an exalted solemnity. Bickford's mind was so richly stored with the jewels of Eastern legend that it was inevitable he should shower from his treasury things new and old. But everything which passes through the alembic of his imagination is transmuted almost beyond recognition. The episode of the sinners with the flaming hearts has been traced to a scene in the Mogul Tales where abul assam saw three men standing mute in postures of sorrow before a book on which were inscribed the words quote, let no man touch this divine treatise who is not perfectly pure when abul assam inquired of their fate they unbuttoned their waistcoats and through their skin which appeared like crystal he saw their hearts encompassed with fire in beckford's story this grotesque scene assumes an awful and moving dignity from the adventure of abdallah son of hanif Beckford derived the conception of a visit to the regions of Eblis, whom, however, by a wave of his wand, he transforms from a revolting ogre to a stately prince. 
to read vathek is like falling asleep in a huge oriental palace after wandering alone through great echoing halls resplendent with a gorgeous arras on which are displayed the adventures of the caliph who built the palaces of the five senses in our dream the caliph and his courtiers come to life and we awake dazzled with the memory of a myriad wonders there throng in our mind a crowd of unearthly forms aged astrologers hideous gyors gibbering negresses graceful boys and maidens restless pacing figures with their hands on their hearts and a formidable prince whose adventures are woven into a fantastic but distinct and definite pattern around the three central personages the caliph vathek his exquisitely wicked mother carathus and the bewitching nouronihar the fatal palace of eblis with its lofty columns and gloomy towers of an architecture unknown in the annals of the earth looms darkly in our imagination beckford alludes with satisfaction to vethek as a story so horrid that i tremble while relating it and i have not a nerve in my frame but vibrates like an aspen and in the episodes leads us with an unhallowed pleasure into other abodes of horror a temple adorned with pyramids of skulls festooned with human hair a cave inhabited by reptiles with human faces and an apartment whose walls were hung with carpets of a thousand kinds and a thousand hues which moved slowly to and fro as if stirred by human creatures stifling beneath their weight but beckford passes swiftly from one mood to another and was only momentarily fascinated by terror so infinite is the variety of vathek in scenery and in temper that it seems like its wealthy eccentric author secluded in fonthill abbey to dwell apart in defiant splendid isolation it is impossible to understand or appreciate vathek apart from beckford's life and character which contain elements almost as grotesque and fantastic as those of his romance he was no visionary dreamer content to build his pleasure domes in air he revelled in the golden glories of good harun al rashid but he craved too for solid treasures which he could touch and handle for precious jewels for rare beautiful volumes for curious costly furniture the scenes of splendour portrayed in vathek were based on tangible reality beckford's schemes in later life his purchase of gibbon's entire library his twice-built tower on lansdon hill were as grandiose and ambitious as those of an eastern caliph the whimsical puckish humour which helped to counteract the strain of gloomy bitterness in his nature were early revealed in his biographical memoirs of extraordinary painters and in his burlesques of the sentimental novels of the day which were accepted by the compiler of living authors eighteen seventeen as a serious contribution to fiction by one miss jacquetta angenta mariana jenks moore in his journal october eighteen eighteen remarks the two mock novels azemia and the elegant enthusiast were written to ridicule the novels written by his sister mrs harvey i think who read these parodies on herself quite innocently even in the gloomy regions of eblis beckford will not wholly repress his sense of the ridiculous carathus unawed by the effulgence of his infernal majesty behaves like a buffoon shouting at the dives and actually attempting to thrust a solomon from his throne before she is finally whirled away with her heart aflame the calm politeness with which the dastardly barkiruk consents to a blood-curdling murder the sardonic dialogue between vathek on the edge of the precipice and the geor concealed in the abyss the buoyantly high-spirited description of the plump indian kicked and pursued like an invulnerable football 
the oppressive horror of the subterranean recesses the mischievous pleasantry of the gulchenru idol reveal different facets of beckford's ever-varying temper in vathek beckford found expression not only for his devotion to the eastern outlook on life but also for his own strangely coloured vehement personality the interpreter walks ever at our elbow whispering in our ear his human commentary on vathek's astounding adventure beckford's pictures are remarkable for definite precision of outline there are no vague hints and suggestions no lurking shadows concealing untold horrors the quaint dwarfs perched on vathek's shoulders the children chasing blue butterflies nironahar and her maidens on tiptoe with their hair floating in the breeze stand out in clear relief as if painted on a fresco the image is so lucid that we are able to follow with effortless pleasure the intricate windings of a plot which at beckford's whim twists and turns through scenes of wonderful variety amid his wild erratic excursions he never loses sight of the end in view the story with all its vagaries is perfectly coherent this we should expect from one who loved to bark a tough understanding it is the intellectual strength and exuberant vitality behind beckford's oriental scenes that lend them distinction and power the history of caliph vathek did not set a fashion it is true that the orient sometimes formed the setting of nineteenth-century novels as in disraeli's alvoy eighteen thirty three where for a brief moment when the hero's torch is extinguished by bats on his entry into subterranean portals we find ourselves in the abode of wonder and terror but not till meredith's shaving of shagpal eighteen fifty six do we meet again beckford's kinship with the east and his gift for fantastic burlesque end of chapter five recording by timothy ferguson gold coast australia